Hello, you are listening to Homilies from Newman University Church, founded by St. John Henry Newman and the home of the Notre Dame Newman Center for Faith and Reason. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, for the Lord is near. I was reflecting this week on how different that sounded this year as opposed to last year. How challenging the charge to rejoice is when we live in more difficult times. Every year about this time, I am mindful of the growing darkness. My office next door overlooks Ivy Garden. And now it's about 3.15 or 3.20 when you start hearing the warden ring the bell about shutting the garden because of the coming darkness. And it is truly dark at an early hour. Every year I'm reminded of another year of darkness. It was December of 1989. And I was studying with the Jesuits at the Jesuit school in Berkeley. And in November, mid-November of that year, six Jesuit priests, a housekeeper and her daughter, were all killed by the Salvadoran military at the Central University, or the uh, Central American University in Salvador. And my teachers knew the men who had died. My fellow students had spent summers and some of them years with them. And so it was a quite a personal event for them and for me to walk with them. I'd never met any of them. I'd heard one of them give us a talk once. But it was quite stark that suddenly these people who were engaged in trying to spread the good news to speak words of hope to a nation that had already been at war for at least 12 years were just gunned down. And what came out uh, not so slowly for us, because it was a different day. We were getting almost hourly faxes out of uh, the Jesuit residents nearby to the one that had suffered the losses. And hearing exactly what had happened, that they were troops trained by the American military, they were troops funded by the American military. In fact, America had dumped over a million dollars a day of armaments into this country the size of the city of Chicago for over 12 years. It, is a, it was a stark realization to many of us that we couldn't ignore my own nation's role in the geopolitical world. But more importantly, it was a time to proclaim the light. And one of the most moving events I was a part of was a decision one Friday evening during Advent, a few weeks later, to have a prayer service that extended throughout the downtown area of San Francisco, right across the bay from us. And so that Friday evening in the dark, hundreds and hundreds of people came together to all just hold a candle, to stand on the edge of a sidewalk, to block no one, to obstruct no one, but to simply stand as a, as a silent witness in the growing darkness to the power of the light, to the power of Christ and the message of healing and redemption he brings to us all, to the charge for us to rejoice always in the Lord. 
And that's what we did, and it was a powerful sight to see this, this long line of candlelight on a cold, dark night spreading through the streets of San Francisco. And nary a ne negative word was heard from anyone. It was, it was powerful and wonderful. John came to witness to the light, but he wasn't the light. And the light was standing in the midst of the people who were speaking to him, but they didn't recognize him. And this very person, when he did become more obvious, in one of the earliest passages of the Gospel of Luke, cites this beautiful citation that we hear today from the prophet Isaiah, that he has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up hearts that are broken, to proclaim liberty to captives, freedom to those in prison, to proclaim a year of favor from the Lord. He goes on in this translation to say, he has clothed me in a garment of salvation, wrapped me in the cloak of integrity. That sounds so much like Harry Potter, the cloak of integrity. But other translations more usually use a robe of righteousness the American translation actually uses uh, the mantle of justice. And the beautiful kind of homemade translation of Ronald Knox from the 1930s says, God's mercy encloaked me. Mercy, righteousness, justice, integrity. These are the marks of the one who is to come to bring this peace, this release from bondage, to bring hope to the hopeless, for they are all aspects of the same thing, attributes of a God who loves us. And so as we stood in San Francisco holding candlelight in a, in a month that seemed filled with, with darkness, we experienced just a taste of that promise that darkness will not overcome the light. And people around the world, you yourselves in this nation, have experienced oppression. You've experienced your own troubles. You've experienced dark days and times. And you always clung to the light. And that's what we're asked to do year in and year out, every day of our lives, but especially in this Advent season, as our readings turn more from Christ's coming at the end of time to Christ's first coming as one like us. When he entered our world as a complete innocent, as someone unable to take care of himself, as someone who needed the nurturing and the support of others, that he in turn could become the savior of all humanity. St. Paul reminds us that we are to be happy at all times to pray always, and to give thanks, literally to be Eucharist to God, to give thanks to God for all we've received, and to never give up on the Spirit, to never shut the Spirit down in our hearts and in our world. And in fact, as we read these readings and hear of Jesus and his reaction and his use of Isaiah, we also know the end of the story. We know that Jesus has died. De Jesus did raise from the dead. Jesus did break the chains of death and bondage for us all. 
and that that Jesus, that light is alive in our hearts and that we now are called to do and be the same, to be his light for others. And we're called to allow his healing touch to break the bonds that hold us back break the bonds that keep the spirit from being fully alive in our hearts, to release ourselves from the bondage of our brokenness, our insecurities, our self-doubt, and to allow the fullness of who God is calling us to be to pour forth, and to allow that light to take root in our being and to become shining witnesses and candles for others so that we can then turn and look at the needs of the world, look at the needs of others, and be hope. One of my favorite moments at that time standing on the street in San Francisco was when a young 30-something businessman or lawyer or someone came out of the building right next to where I was standing. And he was busy about his day. He had on his overcoat, he was carrying his beautiful leather briefcase, and he had his head down, and he was clearly going somewhere. When at some moment, he just stopped, and he looked at us, and he said, what is this? We said, it's, it's a prayer vigil for the Jesuits who were killed. And he said, where's, where's a candle? And he grabbed a candle and he lit it. And he stood with us for another hour and a half because in his world, it was important. It, it, others witnessing to a truth helped him do so as well. Those little actions don't change the world in any seemingly real way, but it transforms hearts, which is the beginning of the light of Christ shining ever more strongly in our world. We are the light of Christ. We are his living body. And today we are called to be that light, to rejoice, to share his joy. Let us allow that joy to fill us and let us be that joy Let us be that light.